This PBS NewsHour podcast is supported in part by Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Their scientists played a substantial role in developing more than half the cancer drugs approved by the FDA in the last five years. Dana-Farber Cancer Institute is changing lives everywhere. Find out more at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. This summer, cities across the United States broke thousands of heat records. But in many of them, some areas were hotter than others, what are known as urban heat islands. And that can mean higher energy bills for some and unsafe conditions. Blair waltman Alexson of Austin PBS, in conjunction with Austin Vita, has this report. Berta Hernandez lives in the Dove Springs neighborhood of Austin. And selling her homemade tamales and pupusas is her main source of income but she's making less money this year. Well, I had to change because of the heat, because I no longer go out to sell the same as I did before. The sun won't let me, it's too hot. So even if I want to go out, I can't. Over the summer, Austin saw record-breaking heat, but some areas of the city see hotter temperatures than others and that can mean higher energy bills for residents. Mark Cudere is with the city of Austin's Office of Resilience. We have data that shows heat from satellites. It mostly shows areas like um, parking lots, the airport, and so on. And that's valuable information, but doesn't really tell you what's happening on the ground level. So the city of Austin teamed up with researchers at the University of Texas to see exactly what was going on. What they found was higher temperatures in places with less greenery, this is called the urban heat island effect. Dr. Dev Nayogi is a professor of geosciences and engineering at the University of Texas at Austin. And the solar radiation that comes in over this urban areas, it gets absorbed into the streets, into the steel, into all the infrastructure that is required. And so when you measure the temperatures, um, you will get that there are blobs which are much hotter. It will look like an island. And that's why it gets referred to as a urban heat island. Those temperatures could be different by anywhere between 5 to 10 degrees. This is what Hernandez and others are dealing with. Areas with impervious cover absorb and reflect the sun's rays, increasing temperatures. But not everyone is feeling the heat. Some parts of the city, it is much cooler, and other parts of the city are much, much warmer. Some of this can be traced back to redlining practices that started in the 1930s, when the federal government labeled non-white neighborhoods as risky places to invest home loans. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, research shows that redlined communities have less vegetative cover, higher temperatures, and increased health risks. If you look at maps that look at health outcomes or a map that look at race or income, they essentially show the same maps. And we, through talking to community members, understand that they are the most sensitive to heat, but also cold, bad air quality, and so on. These neighborhoods also often have older homes that can be harder to keep cool, according to Dr. Zoltan Nagy. He studies architecture and climate change at the University of Texas. So older homes uh, are particularly vulnerable to this. So you have, you know, your single pane windows, the, the holes around the windows, the water air comes in directly, not just through um, heat transfer, but mass transfer, so the, the hot air comes in or the cold air goes out. Plus, of course, over time you deteriorate, right? So anything built before the 80s is probably not even insulated at this point. 
Many homes in Hernandez's neighborhood were built in the 70s, and older homes plus higher temperatures equals higher energy bills. It's not well insulated. It's also old and not well insulated. There is another thing that happens, which is that those who cannot afford it delay energy use, and so they turn their HVAC on a lot later, it's a lot warmer inside, and so that creates all kinds of adverse, like health effects. And then because due to climate change, it gets worse outside, right? Maybe you delay turning on the AC, but then the conditions last longer and longer, so it's, it's really not good. So they have to make a decision between not using energy and staying cool, and that's a very hard conversation to have. It's a conversation Hernandez has had more than once. Well, it's also difficult if we want to save electricity because it's getting very expensive. So there are moments when we have to put up with the heat because we can't have the air on all day. Heat has pushed electricity bills higher for everyone. But for lower-income households, that increase is harder to deal with. The cost associated it might seem like it is uh, $50 more, but that $50 would be quite different as against certain neighborhoods where this might be a significant dent in the monthly budget. Cities can take steps to turn down the heat. Kudair and his team are making recommendations to the city council that include adding trees and improving bus stops. But they agree action needs to be taken and quickly. We need to be thinking about what we need today, but also what are strategies we need to be doing in the next year or two years uh, as climate change gets worse. For now, Hernandez says she'll continue to get out early and get back inside before the temperature rises. Well, you can't be defeated. You have to push forward so the heat doesn't impoverish us any more than we are. For PBS News Weekend, I'm Blair Waltman Alexson in Austin.